Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. A jewel in the desert. A round city full of merchants, rulers, and scholars. The great minds of the Abbasid Empire. This is Figures of Baghdad. Hello, fellow travellers. Welcome to Figures of Baghdad. I'm Dina. And I'm Ali. Who shall we visit today? I really liked how messy the Banu Musa were. So I'd like more of the same, please. I've got just the guy. A mysterious figure at the heart of Baghdad's intellectual culture, Al-Mahani. We really know very little about his life except for the amazing body of work that he leaves behind. You'll meet him in your travels in Mirage. But first, I want to know more about how Greek philosophers and thinkers were brought into medieval Baghdad because we've mentioned Euclid a few times in previous episodes. From the round city of Baghdad to the translations of Banu Musa. So who was Euclid? Good question. Let's take a look at some of these Greek thinkers who inspired Abbasid scholars. Give us the big ones, the ones who were translated the most, whose ideas really shaped Baghdad. All right, the top four would have to be Galens, Ptolemy, Euclid, and Aristotle. I definitely remember Aristotle from school. Each of these represent different strains of thought and different fields of knowledge. That is precisely why they were so influential. They were each representative of different fields of knowledge which the medieval scholars were interested in. You had medicine, which was Galen's. You had astronomy, which was Ptolemy. You had mathematics, which was Euclid. And you had rational philosophy which was Aristotle. So how did Euclid's mathematics become part of medieval Baghdad? Because if you think about it, Euclid lived centuries and centuries before Baghdad was even built. How his ideas show up in this period is interesting. Totally, Dina. We talked about this a little bit last season, but translation of knowledge is so incredibly important in this time period. It was their way of bringing what they saw as the ancient past into their present. And so the first translations are people like Al-Hajjaj, who brings Euclid into the Arabic. And then Al-Mahani in 860 or so will write further translations and commentaries on Euclid. But we're not just talking about word-for-word translations. This wasn't a copy-and-paste job. They were expanding and adding their own thoughts and ideas. Yeah, in fact, Al-Mahani writes an extensive commentary on Euclid. If we think about it, there's really two impulses that are happening at the same time. There's an encyclopedic impulse, which is about cataloging everything, recording everything. And the second is an experimental impulse. Wait, are you saying they were doing experiments, like Dexter's laboratory-type experiments? Funny enough, that's exactly what they were doing. We talked a little bit about the Banu Musa's experiments out in the desert, but they also did mathematic experiments like Al-Mahani's equation, which, surprisingly enough, he actually fails to solve. Sometimes, Ali, that's just the way it is. In fact, that's my motto. It is what it is. Ah, solid motto. Mine is out of sight, out of mind. Like that one. 
I've got to ask though, why was there such a focus on maths? Because I'm an ex-maths teacher, but it was more of a surface level thing. I wasn't in love with it. I didn't have a passion for it. You know, Dina, this is what I've wondered myself. And it wasn't until I read Al-Mahani's work or the works of others like Khwarezmi, because then you start to see that they saw God in the beauty of math. Sorry, what do you mean they saw God in maths? That's a completely different way of looking at maths. I mean, for them, math shows the harmony of the universe, a perfectly created cosmos by the hands of the creator. So they really did see math as beautiful. That's such an interesting way to talk about it, because I just remember when I taught in a school, all I heard was, Miss, when am I ever actually going to use this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a different way of looking at it. When I was in high school, my algebra teacher was talking about solving for X. I was thinking about lunchtime. <laughs> Wow. It's a good thing they did care about maths, though, because without them, we'd live a completely different life. Too true. I mean, what would the world look like? In 825, Al-Khwarezmi introduces the Indian and Arabic numerals with zero. And think about it. What happens if we don't have that zero? Our maths would look entirely different. The hands on the clock, the numbers in your car's mileage, how you'd calculate your taxes, and of course, how you count your money. What would our dollar bills look like? Yeah, totally. Even our technology would be different. Our digital technology uses binary code. So without the introduction of that zero, which literally comes from the Arabic word sifr, would we even have the technology that we have today? No phones, no tablets, no computers. No podcast. Boom, there goes our job. So thank God for these medieval thinkers then. But this is why this time period is so incredibly exciting. We are looking at a moment that changed the very course of history. What I love is this sort of a bridge between the ancient knowledge of the past, transformed in the medieval period, then connecting and shaping our world in the present. That's a really cool way of looking at it, Dina. And of course, Al-Mahani wasn't alone. He was part of this wider intellectual culture. I remember the descriptions of the House of Wisdom and the back and forth between the scholars. Yeah, the dialogue and debate and the collaboration is what makes this such a unique moment. You have Al-Mahani working on Euclid while Al-Khwarezmi is working on algebra. Ah, that's who we have to blame. We can really blame him. He's the one that gives us our 8 a.m. math classes. But also, he developed some of the world's first algorithms and complex formulas that we've never seen in history before. Just like the concept of zero, we take that for granted, but it's so impactful on algebra and algorithms. It really, really does impact our lives. It changes everything. Right. I mean, like our entire digital system, our system of information, our militaries, our banking system, our whole way of modern life relies on algorithms. I wonder if they ever consider things like AI, artificial intelligence. Oh yeah, it's a hot topic, but for sure they did. We have this fascinating set of writings from this time period that discusses automatons. Automaton sounds like a warrior robot, by the way. (laughs) It is a little bit. (laughs) A little bit, but it's just like the ones built by the Banu Musas, the mechanical tree with the birds. Yeah, there was this fascinating way in which all knowledge was practical. Their mathematics was a practical. There was, of course, a theoretical component. They believed knowledge was beautiful for its own sake. And of course, any learning was worthwhile on its own, but they were really, really interested in practical applications. So this could be maths you would use for different purposes, just like with the Banu Musas, that meant engineering and the building of the canal. Exactly. And for Al-Mahani, new calculations in math allowed him to improve the astronomy of the time period. 
Baghdad itself was meant to reflect the order of the heavens, so astronomy was paramount. Astronomy and astrology were the queen of the sciences, they say. So what was the practical application for Al-Mahani? He was able to use his new advancements in calculations to get the exact time of the eclipse. He could get the timing down to just a few minutes. And like the circumference, it's impressive. Wow. This is a huge deal because if we think about it, they didn't have the type of technology we did. No computers, no telescopes. So getting that type of accuracy is very impressive. I mean, what gaps they had with technology, they made up with mathematics. Using algorithms, Euclidean geometry, algebraic equations, all of that helped them improve precision, whether it was engineering with the Banu Musa or astronomy with Al-Mahani. I think for me, what makes Al-Mahani so interesting is that he represents the lineage of knowledge that is forming in this time period. Right, like we said, he's bringing knowledge of the ancients into his present world. And the connection is paramount for understanding the learning and scholarship of this time period. They created bridges between that Greek past and their Muslim present. For Al-Mahani, this was through Euclid and his translation and commentaries of those works. Which then would be picked up by someone after him, the future scholars. That's the lineage of learning we are talking about. Al-Mahani is important in his own right, of course, but he's also important because of the influence that he has on later scholars. They probably relied on the work of Al-Mahani for their own calculations, right? That's too true. Al-Mahani and his near-contemporary Al-Khwarezmi were instrumental in developing the math of this time period. A century later, Al-Khazin would actually use Al-Mahani's math to solve Archimedes' problem. Then, a century later, Al-Biruni would take it even further. Oh, I can tell we're gearing up for a good science story, Ali. Let's hear it. All right, so <laughs> Al-Biruni was a... Persian scientist, just like Al-Mahani, and he would rely on the mathematic groundwork laid by Al-Mahani and Al-Khwarezmi for a stunning calculation. In fact, he would use an astrolabe, a tool that we've actually mentioned before. I remember it, the medieval iPhone. It was used for calculations, for navigation, architecture, astronomy, timekeeping, and of course, a lot more. The very one. It was incredibly important. You know, sometimes I wonder if people in medieval Baghdad would have waited in long lines to get the latest <laughs> astrolabe in the same way that we wait for the latest iPhone. The astrolabe 14 or 15. Worth the wait. <laughs> kind of a perfect ad. All right, I'm sold. Okay, so Al-Biruni would take this astrolabe, maybe version 14 or 15, and with it measure the degree of a mountain using angles. He then used the formula from algebra and trigonometry with the calculated angles to get the exact height of a mountain. You've already lost me. This is incredibly complicated. Look, I'm not a math person and I'm already lost, but there's more. He used these measurements to imagine a triangle with its point being the top of the mountain, then the other point being the horizon, and the final point being the center of the earth. So I just sort of imagine a giant triangle going from the mountain to the horizon and then the horizon to the center of the earth. 
with algebra, he was then able to calculate the circumference of the Earth, roughly around 25,000 miles. And guess what? He was right. He got the calculation down to barely a percent of an error, even more accurate than the Banu Musa calculations. Wow, wow, wow. What I love is how we see each generation of scientists improving on one another, leaving knowledge for the next person to come along and further their research. Oh wait, Dina, there's more. Really? You sound like a cheesy game show host, by the way. <laughs> With his calculations, Al-Biruni was able to theorize that there was actually another continent besides Africa, Asia, and Europe, that another continent lay beyond them. Ali, stop. Hold up. Are you saying he figured out the Americas? That's right. Hundreds of years before Christopher Columbus or anything in Europe, Al-Birini was able to use the mathematics to figure out the continent of America. My mind is blown right now. So school lied to me, to us. <laughs> That's why these lineages of learning matter. The way Al-Bahani brings Euclid into his present world and then how his work is passed on to later generation of scholars like Al-Biruni. It's like they're collaborating across time and the mathematics that they are doing has practical applications like determining the radius of the earth or the existence of other continents. <laughs> We're slowly bringing you around, looking at the people who lived in medieval Baghdad. We see a wide range of scientists who, like Al-Mahani, are engaging and reconnecting with the knowledge of the past, but in new and exciting ways. And the impact is huge. It really was a turning point in history. All our contemporary math and science can be traced back to this. Thank you for coming along. I'm Dina. And I'm Ali. This is a Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Be sure to subscribe to the Echoes of History podcast so you don't miss the next episode of Figures of Baghdad. See you next time, fellow travelers. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.